hey everybody welcome back we are finishing up our crash course through the bible this is it i guess and unless i tease stuff out in other episodes but that will will not be considered a crash course anymore we'll just be tackling uh topics or uh doctrines uh different things um if you will so uh this is it <laughs> so uh 12 episodes that's not too bad they were pretty short and simp simplified i hope they've uh helped you and encouraged you or refreshed you or whatever uh whatever was needed um and just this i hope overall it would just show you that that it's not that hard all right, uh, you just got to dedicate some time and some energy to it and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. And uh, so before we get started, if you just uh, click that link that's in the description of this episode and go to PayPal, send some money my way, I would appreciate it. I have no shame. I'm just going to ask you for money. Uh, that way it helps me uh, stay on the air for another year and uh, keep uh, turning some stuff out here for you guys along with our sermons and stuff like that. All right. So. Um, last up in our in our doctrines here, and 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 let me just say again, this is not exhaustive list of of biblical doctrines that we're going through uh, for theology. Okay, this is the the short list, uh, the the core things, if you will. Uh, so uh, what what we have up next here is the do the doctrine of salvation, which is um, falls into soteriology. And again, it has major uh, four major subdivisions. All right, and there's the basis, the result, the cost, and uh, timing. All right, so basis is that salvation is free. It's a gift that God has given. All right, so that goes uh, again with the last episode and talking about being sinful and uh, total depravity and all that. Uh, that. The basis is that we cannot earn our salvation. We are these imperfect, sinful beings. We cannot make ourselves perfect at all, yet God demands perfection. So what does it take? What is the actual um, uh, standard to make it to heaven, if you will? All right. Not that salvation is like salvation does not. It, it's not, hey, you need to get saved so you can go to heaven. The church has sold it like that for a long time. Um, there's so much more to it, though. All right. But the standard for entrance, if you will, to eternal life in heaven is perfection. How many people in heaven, as far as humans go, are perfect? Zero. Why? <laughs> because we're not perfect. How did they get in then? Because Christ, Christ paid the price and it was sufficient and it was satisfactory okay um so we are then uh we have his righteousness imputed to us his perfectness imputed to us therefore that we 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 uh pass the standard or the the passing grade for entrance to eternal life for heaven okay that means that all we can do then is cast ourselves on God's mercy. And in, in his mercy, God offers to forgive our sin and give us a new nature, making us a new uh, cre creation. And that new nature is of righteousness and holiness so that we can be in perfect relationship with him. All right. Now, the completion of that and sanctification and all that stuff is not realized until we die. And then we move into his presence. But God, God's offer has that one condition. 
Faith. Faith. We believe and we receive Jesus as our Savior. The next then is result. So God extends forgiveness of sin and eternal life to those who receive faith, right? This whole solution, that God's whole solution, to all this is, is is to offer humanity forgiveness of sins, to give him a new nature. This, this is a lot like the basis, then. All right, that man still languishes under the impact of sin, right? Until his flawed body dies, and he, and then he moves on. All right, sin, 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 sin uh, has made everyone dead spiritually. Uh, that means we are separated from God, uh, but but Jesus was without sin, and He willingly died and gave His life up, with the understanding that His death could count as a the substitution for our own, and so faith comes. But even faith, the faith, um, salvation uh, comes because of faith, and faith is the gift. It's free. God gives that to us. All right. Timing, timing is that our salvation is completed. Uh, at, at at death. So, uh, well, I, I I skipped cost because I was talking about about it. But the cost was the penalty of sin. What is paid? It's been paid uh, in full by Christ's death. Okay, and then timing is that our salvation is completed at the time of death, and we we go on uh, into um, into eternal life. Okay, so. Uh, there's way more to salvation. I understand that. I know there's some of you listening going, well, there's tons of stuff to talk about there. But simplified thing, okay? We'll go now to the doctrine of the church. And that will have the subdivisions on that is universal church, local church, leadership, and membership. All right? Universal. That means the universal church is the church. It, it, it is the totality of all believers in Jesus throughout all time. All right? It's all, the, the universal church is also referenced as the body of Christ. And that refers to all people in all parts of the world who have come to faith since the beginning of the church and who will, who will become Christians until whenever this ends, if it does ever end. Okay? So, there's that. And then you have the local church. That is a local assembly of believers that are organized to carry out the responsibilities of the universal church. You've often heard that the church is not a building, but it's people. This is true. <laughs> However, it's been, been turned into cheesy cheesiness over time. But at any rate, at any, any given time and place, Christians are to work together, band together, carry out responsibilities of the universal church, right? So that means they can they they organize to govern themselves. They select spiritual leaders. They will collect and distribute money for ministry and communities, um, and also uh, observing baptism and communion. Um, also have church discipline uh, if the if needed, and engage in mutual edification to one another and the building up of one another, along with evangelism evangelism and worship to God. Ooh, that's a lot. Now, then that gives us to leadership. That uh, those in the church worthy of being followed, um, those in the church worthy of being followed because of their spiritual maturity. Okay? Um, um, there's an over, there's overseers. Okay? Leadership 
leadership is is invested in in pastors and teachers elders deacons whatever your denomination may have and the scriptures appear to give freedom as how to this uh, how this leadership is organized and functions but it's quite specific about the spiritual qualifications so it's only spiritually mature people are to be given any type of positions or especially high positions of spiritual leadership in the church you can look at that when paul writes to timothy it's first timothy uh, chapter three and then you have membership okay and membership i'm not talking about joining your local church um, although many people will emphasize the importance of that, um, I'm not going to go that route on this, but membership in the doctrine of the church would be that it's belonging to the universal church um, in, in, as a whole. But then, then you do have the local church as well, okay? And, so, and basically it's because throughout church history, local churches have had varying requirements for, for memberships that range from very, very limited to very, very strict. All right, so that this appears to be a point of freedom that's given, given local churches in the scripture. But a, a more important point is that everyone should be a part um, of the church when they, when they can. But but please understand, if somebody's not in church right now because of things that they've gone through or uh, issues that have taken uh, place. There's, it's more than just uh, taking a little break and then jumping right back in. There's a lot of mental things and spiritual healing that needs to take place as well. And uh, some people um, can't just because of illness or the physical and things like that as well. But so they are still in have membership belonging to the universal church known as the body of Christ. Okay, But it is important to get with other believers and fellowship and worship and talk and pray and all of that good stuff obviously so um uh, there's that on the church then you get to eschatology okay which is the doctrine of end times or future things or last things all right and i have gone over this extensively on this (laughs) podcast and uh so there's a lot to go there most people are very surprised to find out that there's more than one view than the view that they hold the major dominating view in america or in western christianity is premillennialism and that's even broken down into two groups that is um classic or historic premillennialism and then there is uh uh, dispensational premillennialism. All right, so uh, they they do have differences, but as if you just want to talk about premillennialism, if you believe in uh, a rapture, the one world government and currency with a one world leader, which is the Antichrist, Israel still being the chosen people of God, and a rebuilt temple, a third temple, and and all that then um, you are in that category, all right? Um, and <laughs> I, I just don't have time to go over all the stuff, especially with all views. And then there's amillennialism, and then there's postmillennialism, and then there's preterism, which can be broken down into partial preterism, and then there's full preterism, and then there's hyper as well. All of these things, though, focus. They focus on the second coming of Christ, 
a judgment or a last day, um, a, um, a, a resurrection, and a, a eternity. Whether it's just Christians living with God forever or a new heaven and a new earth where Christ dwells and the presence of the Lord is there on this new new earth um i uh, i am an inconsistent i am this is what it's known as to to people in different groups i am known as in the inconsistent preterist where i see matthew 24 and a majority uh of revelation um or even all of revelation having taken place in 70 a.d with the destruction of jerusalem and the temple in 70 uh, a.d like i just said by the roman armies um but there's a lot of things. Uh, there's a lot of things that in preterism can be stretched uh, and teased out and overly dramatically spiritualized, like the general resurrection, or um, uh, also that coming, which is known primarily today as the second coming. So uh, my my take is that I do I, I don't have an issue with with saying that things could happen in the future right there so eschatology as a whole is very interesting um but it does have to do with the prophecies in the new testament like matthew 24 in the book of revelation and in some of these uh different eschatological inter uh, interpretive camps you're going to deal with uh, the book of daniel and uh, uh old testament prophecies as well uh, if it takes a bunch of diagrams and a bunch of charts and a, uh, a, a lot of exegetical gymnastics, then um, it, it's probably not on point. Uh, the one thing I would say about uh, dispensationalism as a whole is that it's not very old at all. It came uh, out of the mid to late 1800s and became the standard in the early 1900s in America. Um and uh, it deals God dealing with with humanity in different dispensations. Um, the more biblical approach at looking at the Bible as a whole, and uh, along with eschatology, is that God deals with humanity covenantally. So we are in a new covenant. Um, yet there's still things that can happen, and I do look towards more of um, like I've, like the the ending, the outro on a majority of the these podcasts were be a mustard seed, be leaven, where the kingdom of God is here. Jesus brought it. He didn't he didn't uh, take it with him when he when he ascended. So um, it's spiritual. It grows gradually. It is like that a uh, seed that has to grow. It's like the leaven that has to consume the whole batch. Um, and it takes time. So <laughs> um, we are to the Great Commission has been given. Uh, of course, the the uh, the apostles and their writings and what we have in the New Testament is discipling uh, is discipling people. Um, however, we as a church universally uh, and locally have a uh, a mandate to uh, evangelize or spread the gospel or live our lives out as God's children to be a light in darkness. One thing I would say is darkness does not, cannot overcome light. It's just not going to happen. It can't. Uh, nor, nor will the gates of Hades prevail. Uh, so, um, 
the defeatist uh, view of of the end of time, if you will, is that things get worse and worse and worse, and we all get stamped out. Um, we're like a uh, we can be a welcome mat, be a good welcome mat, but people are going to tramp on you and wipe their feet on you until they eventually just uh, get rid of you. 100%. So the church will eventually just be gone and whatever's left, if there is any left, uh, will be raptured. Uh, and when the Lord just comes halfway in the air, that's a coming. So then there's another coming after that. <laughs> um, but um, I, I would say that like Ezekiel's dream of the, the water and, and just getting deeper and deeper and deeper and the river of life and... Um, uh, just discipling all nations, that's something, discipling all nations hasn't happened yet in the last 2,000 years. That would mean a Christian for the most, or a, the nation for the most part would be Christianized and uh, the gospel would be known and Jesus would be king and um, they would have to be discipled into uh, the teachings and doctrines of the Bible and grow in maturity and sanctification. That's not happening. Uh, therefore I don't think it's the end. So I was planning on going over some of this and I may still do that, um, on just updating you guys on where I'm at in my beliefs. And, uh, anyway, uh, eschatology is, uh, fun, like I said, and very interesting, but it does deal with those things, whether it's, uh, end times or last things. Um, I have primarily taken the viewpoint that it's the end of the old covenant age, the beginning of the new and uh, Christ can still return. And I s still have to figure out if the resurrection is spiritual or physical. But it seems to be very clear that it's physical in some way uh, in, in Scripture. So, um, you know, it, it's not a hill I'm, you know, willing to, to die on. It, 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 it's not salvific in, in any, any way or, except for... There are a, the majority of Christianity in the church today will say that um, if you're a full preterist, then you deny the second coming and uh, physical resurrection. Then those two are uh, heretical views. I think it's a bit of a stretch, um, but I also think it's a bit of a stretch to say that it's all complete now. So. <laughs> Uh, well, I hope I haven't confused you guys. Uh, I will address this on a future episode coming out soon. So there you guys go. We've made our crash course through the Bible in 12 episodes. It's been very simplified except for the end part there where I just went on a rant. And uh, you're probably more confused now than ever. Uh, no, not really. I, I'm just messing around. I know you guys have, uh, have uh, probably learned some. And uh, hopefully this helps you in your journey going through the Bible from start to finish and uh, gives you a good, uh, a good starting point. 